that. And that's when I saw little Jeremy that it made me want to have my own children. Baby Ooh. fever. Yeah, baby <laughs> fever. It's and a then- thing. From the couple who put the Chris in Chris Kringle, the K2 Studios proudly presents a Christmas extravaganza. Brought to you by the world famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happened, everybody? Merry Christmas. I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to the 18th episode of the Chris and Christine Show. Do 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 do. Fantastic 18th episode. Wow. How are you doing, Christine? I'm doing good. I am so excited for this week's episode. It is our Christmas extravaganza, and we kicked it off with a family Christmas tonight. Yes, we did. We had everybody over here. We had my family. We had Christine's family over here come back down into town all the way from up north. Yeah, and we had all three boys. We had 14 people over here all evening, and it was, I'm not going to lie, I got a bit emotional. You did? I did. Not in a bad way. It's like I was telling Chris earlier that... You know, we've talked about this before on the podcast. We've both had previous relationships, previous households. And one of the things in my past that I always had a dream of was being able to host family Christmas myself uh, because my mom always did it or my sister always did it. And they're wonderful, wonderful hostesses. But um, in my past, my previous relationship, that person was opposed to us hosting in our why own do you, home. Why do you think you do that? I I don't know. I don't want to get into it because I'm fi- still on my holiday high. Okay. <laughs> but when Chris and I were talking about Christmas coming up, I, I came up with this idea to do family Christmas here because all of our boys would be with us the weekend before. And last year, we had our first Christmas together and we just did like... The five of us, we went, we did Christmas presents one morning and like the Saturday before Christmas. And then we went to Benny Hanna's for dinner. Oh, and that's so, right. I yeah, remember that. That yeah. was our first one. And we went and looked at Christmas lights. And then this year, um, I told Chris, you know, I was a bit emotional because I'm not going to have my son with me on Christmas Day. He's going to be with his dad. And it's the first time ever, ever in his life that I've not had him on Christmas Day. And I said to Chris, could we like do Christmas a couple days early and we'll just, we're going to act just like it's Christmas day. And he's like, babe, whatever you want. Yes, do it. That's how I do it because my um, work schedule, I always got to work like on Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually if it's a day I'm working, I got to work it. So I've always kind of done Christmas on whatever the nearest day off would be. And that happened to be today saturday and um so we had the boys together but we've been planning this for a couple weeks and chris was like what do you want to do christine whatever you want to do is totally fine and he really was 
super open to me and my crazy ideas. So yes, <laughs> we uh, we had present opening with our boys this morning, well, early afternoon. And then tonight, all the family came over and we had my family's traditional Christmas Eve dinner, which is tri-tip burritos and tamales. Ooh, yummy, yummy, yummy. My yeah. tummy, tummy. It was your first time having our tri-tip burritos. How'd you like them, Chris? They were fantastic. They were great. She did them in the crock pot, had yeah. the tortillas nice and warm. They were perfect. Yeah, you cooked my, them like all day, right? They were yeah, the- I did. It's my Aunt Robbie's recipe. And I don't know if she's listening. She's one of our top fans. But Ooh, Shout out. Yeah, she came up with that recipe back when I was like in junior high. And it's something that we've just kept in our family. Typically, you like bake the tri-tip burritos. But we had like a burrito bar. And then my mom brought homemade tamales. Not not from her, but from some of the ladies in the local church. Well, as far as anybody concerned, your mom made them. You know? <laughs> yeah. But we had everybody set up at a big dinner table and the Christmas tree was there and Chris's nieces and his nephew were there and his sister and his parents, my parents, and I'm just on that holiday high tonight, babe. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, Merry Christmas to you and a Merry Christmas to you out there in podcast land. Yeah, we know that we're approaching the holidays very quickly. Uh, We know that we have lots of different listeners from different walks of life. And so we just want to share a little bit about what we celebrate Excuse me, what is what Excuse we celebrate? You. I have the hiccups. I did not drink that much, I promise. <laughs> but we wanted to sell, uh, share what we celebrate and how we celebrate this holiday season because we just appreciate you all listening and being part of our journey. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys for listening. And don't forget to share, subscribe, listen, and repeat all over again next week <laughs> because we keep plugging these out every single week yeah we do and tonight we have i i really believe it's an exceptional show it's very special we've worked really hard to put together a really great program for you all we have fabulous guests that are waiting just outside the doors here of the k2 studios and we are going to be bringing them in throughout this evening to share with you and to reminisce around some Christmas miracles and memories. And we're looking forward to bringing those to you right after this. The Chris and Christine Show is now on Instagram at the K2 Show San Diego. Check out our latest pictures, videos, show teasers, and life updates on Instagram at the K2 Show San Diego. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Tonight on the show, instead of talking about hot topics, we are talking about all things Christmas memories and miracles. Fantastic. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas. We have a fabulous show lined up for you, and we have an action-packed agenda of guests tonight who are joining us. Mm -hmm. The studio is full tonight, and we're going to be bringing on some of our fan favorites to talk with us about their famous, their favorite Christmas memories and miracles, right, and Chris? And now, yes, and now in the studio we have my mom Sandy. How you doing, mom? Good. Merry Christmas. 
Merry Christmas to you. This is great. You got you here today. Yeah, we just had our family Christmas celebration tonight a little bit early, and Sandy is going to kick it off for us with telling us her favorite Christmas memory. Yeah, Mom, what you got? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I have to think about this, but um, one comes to mind when my parents were still alive. We had a Christmas at their house, and my sister and her husband and her new little baby came to visit. And I really, really enjoyed that. And that's when I saw little Jeremy that it made me want to have my own children. Baby Ooh. fever. Yeah, baby <laughs> fever. It's and a then, thing. of course, Chris was born in October the following year. Ooh. So that year I had a, a newborn. So that was exciting. Exciting. And then when your brother was born, Danny, he was born in November, two years later. So I had another baby at Christmas time. And then, wow. when, then when I was pregnant with Jana... I was pregnant at Christmas time because she was born in March. So all those years were really exciting. Oh, oh I wow. remember that when the kids are little at Christmas. Yeah, that's pretty fun to have all little kids around Christmas time. Yeah, we had Araya, Chris's niece. This She was the youngest one that was here this year. But it was so fun having all the kids together for our family Christmas, opening the presents. So... I can imagine how seeing that little baby that first Christmas might give you baby fever. Oh, yeah. So, Mom, do you remember any Christmases that really uh, stand out other than that one? Um, well, they're all special. You know, you guys are all... And it was exciting to watch you guys get up. And I remember one time Danny got up and says, oh, look what Santa brought us. We got new bikes. We got new bikes. And he's, I could hear him telling you and you guys are still in bed and I was kind of still in bed, but I could hear Danny <laughs> say, come look, come look, Chris. Come look, see what we got, what we got. Oh, really? He's all excited. <laughs> oh, that was exciting. Yeah, that was fun. Well, it's kind of like Mason and Jacob now. They do kind of do the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. They get all excited, you know, unwrapping everything and it doesn't matter. They want to go down there and just unwrap stuff and yeah. what present's mine, you know. Mm-hmm. And what's yeah. pre- This one's yours, Jacob. Though this one's yours, Mason. We did uh, something today, though, before we opened gifts with them. We sat down before we opened presents and made sure to talk with them about the reason for the season and oh, why yeah. we give gifts. Yeah, Christine went in depth about it. She actually <laughs> um, said a uh, full-on speech about it. Yeah, we're talking about our faith and what it means to us in our faith. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome, Mom. Um, Christine, sorry. Hey, Mom. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking around at my mom. Hey, Mom, you got anything else about your uh, favorite Christmas stuff? Um, let me see. I don't know. They're all special, you know, getting ready and, you know, picking out the special gifts for each person. And especially when you have grandkids, it's a whole nother story when you have grandkids. You know? Why is that? You're starting all over again, just like you have with your kids. You know, you're starting all over, buying them gifts and seeing what they would like and the anticipation of, you know, the opening the presents. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's really exciting. That is great. We love that. And I think you and I are very similar with that, where you like to put a lot of thought into gifts. And I can always tell, and I can tell when you're watching somebody open your gift, you get excited and you want to take pictures. And, oh, yeah. You had yeah. The, found, the phone out tonight, didn't you, Mom? Yeah, I, I videotaped most of it. Oh, yeah, that's great. The kids, yeah. Because Braden likes to watch watch the videos, so I want to play them for him. Oh, he, he likes watching the videos. Oh, he loves of- watching his pictures of himself and videos and, and, you know, seeing the kids open the gifts. He'll love that. So he was so I'll happy tonight, you know, he Braden. Was. <laughs> he was, like, clapping and cheering and getting ready. And I, I did the, my Mickey Mouse impression, and he, like, <laughs> like super loved it yeah you know it was great 
Yeah, it was a really fun night tonight. Thank you guys so much for being here. And thanks, Sandy, for sharing with us one of your favorite Christmas memories. Thanks a lot, Mom. You're welcome. Okay, and we're back. And we have another special guest. Round two, we have my dad, Fred. He is here up up here in the studio. And um, he loves Christmas. But more importantly than Christmas, he loves Christmas trains. So, Dad, tell me about your train collection. Oh, okay. Well, I've got uh, HO trains. I've got uh, uh, larger ones for the outdoor ones that are out in the yard. Um, okay. But every year, we've always put up, as far as I can remember, when I was a little tiny kid, we always put a train around the tree. Okay. That was pretty important. And uh, when you guys were growing up, I think we did that every single year. Yeah, I remember we had an actual like um, tree stand that had a train set built onto the train stand. It was like white. Do you remember that? No. I, well, I remember that. It had well, like, I don't remember that. Usually the trains run around on the floor. Well, it was, but it was like the tree stand. It was like a big piece of um, like a plywood. It was Probably white. Probably plywood. It was white. It was plywood. And it had like a train track that you made. It went around in a circle, but crisscrossed at one point. And then it uh, it was a small small train. Not a bigger one. It's like a small gauge. I don't know what the gauges That's mean. That's so cute. But he had the, the actual tree um, stand for the tree to go in built onto it. And we had that. That was one of our things until we lost a train or something because the trains never showed up. But the train tracks were there. <laughs> That's so yeah. cute. Fred, did well, you have trains when you were little around your Christmas tree? Yes. My uh, my brother, who was 10 years older than me and my dad, uh, we were living up in Crestline, California. Crestline? And, and in the basement of, of that house, they had set up quite a large train layout. Now, I never saw it because uh, by the time I came along 10 years later, we'd, we'd moved away from that. But I was always told about that. And they had, of course, kept all the trains. So in uh, when I was a, a little guy, you know, in Riverside, I was only... Uh, uh, well, four or five or so, they would put the train around the tree every single year. Wow. And that was old Lionel-type trains. And then uh, as uh, we got older, um, I had my own train for Christmas one year. That was really a great Christmas present. I had my whole Lionel train set that my uh, dad and mom gave me. Okay, so awesome. Cool. I love that. I've never had a train around my tree growing up. And I always wondered, like... Does it, are they electric? Do they get plugged in? Oh, they have in? to be electric. We think they're gasoline or something. Well, I don't know, goofball. <laughs> if they get plugged in, how do well, they work? Well, some of the ones they have nowadays are, of course, battery powered and have remote controls and things. And those are really easy to work work with. The uh, tracks are usually just plastic. Uh, the ones we worked with actually use metal tracks, and you actually use AC current from your house to actually power up the train. That sounds dangerous, like around like a live tree. Well, it would never cause any problems, but uh, yeah, you have to be careful what you're doing, I guess. But well, it's like uh, Christmas lights and everything else too, I would think. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, speaking what? of Christmas lights, thank you, Dad, for helping me put the Christmas lights out on the uh, front of the house. Yeah. Like those palm trees, huh? Yeah, I love those palm trees. He loves the candy canes and even the more. candy canes <laughs> that you don't really care for turned out really good. Okay, yes, everybody, they did. we have to tell you this story. So last week, Fred, the famous Fred the Elf, showed up at our house. And he was ready to put up Christmas lights. And then he had these candy canes that he brought out. But Chris was adamant he did not want them. And somehow, with the power of persuasion, Fred and I convinced 
Chris to go along with it. And they look fantastic, by yeah, the way. Yeah, they look great. I can't argue they look fantastic. They twinkle. <laughs> they change color. They have a timer. They go off when they go off. They go on when they go on. And I don't have to do a thing. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much, Dad. They look great. And the, by the way, the second palm trees that we went to Walmart to go get uh, <laughs> stuff for... Look great. Don't they look great? They look great. They look really great. They're new LED type lights. So they have like a little totally different kind of color to them. Uh, they're really pretty neat. They're, they're really, really kind cool. of special. Yeah. Thank you. And the funny thing is, we used a different kind of string of light. We didn't use standard strings. They were like netting or something, right? It was like bush lights. Right. Bush lights. Bush they're lights. Like, yeah. They're the kind that you like lay across bushes. Right. But we we did this differently. We took them, we wrapped them around like a blanket. We wrapped them around the tree and tree plugged trunks, them in. Yeah. yeah, the tree trunks. And it looks like a regular, um, like we strung it around. It looks yeah. great. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Yeah, it came out really, really well. Oh, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. So, um, do you have any other uh, Christmas memories you want to uh, share with everybody? Uh, I I had a pretty good Christmas when I was a kid uh, because my brother joined the Navy when I was, uh, I guess I was only eight. He was in the Navy, so I was, was kind of just me by myself. You know? Oh, only so, child. Yeah, kind of an only child with, with both my parents and occasionally with the grandparents and other relatives and stuff. So, but... Uh, uh, they were all pretty good Christmases. Uh, my mom and dad were pretty good about trying to figure out what I wanted. Uh, uh, one year, I really, really, really wanted a fire truck, and said I got a dump truck. But we still, <laughs> but we still have that dump truck. The kids, your kids, are playing with that dump truck in in my living room. Well, th- they didn't just year. paint it red and say no, it's a no. fire truck. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's just a metal dump. It's all metal. Oh like, yeah, that's how I did toys back in the day. Made out of real yeah, metal. It was, it was all all metal. Was well, plastic like a new thing or something? Uh, well, plastic was considered to be a cheap toy at the time. You know? Oh, really? So not most, of, most of the toys were, uh, and, and this is cast metal. It's not, uh, uh, you know, the, the thin little metal. Oh, I know. I mean, I think it'll survive a nuclear war. Well, not <laughs> yeah. quite, but it's, uh, the kids still play with it. You know, it's still got all six wheels on it, and it's, uh, the dump truck still dumps and everything. It's missing a door. I don't know where the door went to. It's been gone for 20 or 30, 50 years. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But that's fantastic. That's such a neat memory. Yes, it is. And Dad, thank you so much for coming up on here on the K2 Studios. What do you think of the studio set? I'm impressed, really. I tell you, the, the construction in this room, <laughs> you guys just really uh, really got it put together here. So not to mention all this electronics here. I'd be careful you don't trip over all these wires. This I is know. Great. Don't spill your coffee. You know, I did that once already. <laughs> really? Yeah. So thank you, guys. Thank you so much. And Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you guys and all you people out there in Radio Land. And the fun in the studio continues tonight. Not only did we have Sandy and Fred, Chris's parents, but my amazing parents are joining us too. So in the studio, we have with us the one, the only, Larry. Hey, Larry. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas back at you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So my dad is here. My mom and dad came down all the way to San Diego to spend family Christmas with us. So first of all, thanks so much for driving all the way down and hauling your fifth wheel down here to spend time with us. Uh, The bills and the mail. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. And we are going to continue talking about Christmas memories and miracles. And so, Dad, I was wondering, do you have a Christmas memory that you'd like to share with all of our K2 crew? Well, I'll share it with you. I don't know if I wanted to, but I will anyway. Oh, Oh, wow. That's a real treat. (laughs) Special. 
So when I was young, uh, and I was young at one time, my daughter doesn't think so, but <laughs> yeah. um, uh, we were pretty poor for a long time, and then uh, my dad, in the same company he was working for, got a huge promotion into a management position, and he bought a new house, and this is back in 1960, when houses were really expensive, they were right around seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars. Oh wow! wow. And um, we we're doing good before that. I mean, they couldn't even afford to put shoes on my my feet to go to school. Even a neighbor bought me shoes for wow. school because they didn't have money. So we didn't get much for Christmas when I was growing up. And then this one year, I think it was nineteen sixty one or nineteen sixty two. My dad, uh, or Santa Claus, let me put it back, Santa Claus <laughs> surprised my brother and I with Royce Union three-speed black bicycles. Oh, wow. That was huge back then. And um, just so people understand, in 1962, if you made $10,000 a year, you were like making a lot of money. That was like way up there. And my dad was making eight to ten thousand a year so he was able to afford to help his children out so we had a new house in there and and uh, that was a big change in their lives and our lives too so that's my christmas memory wow so it's like in one year or one and a half years you went not being able to put shoes on your feet to being able to give you a home a house that they owned a new and house. a bicycle, like a really nice bicycle. That's amazing. That is fantastic. Yeah, and a Royce Union bicycle was the like upper end bicycle to have. They've been making them since I think 1925, and they're still in business. So mm-hmm. if you look really? on the internet, Royce Union is still a popular bicycle. Um, Shout out. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Royce Union and. Chris just got the boys, his boys, bikes for Christmas today and gave them to them. And so he knows he was hunting them down and he ended up getting a really nice one for his oldest. And that was something special for you, too, right? Right. It's at a locally uh, local company by the name of Haro. And um, I think they make the bikes here in town. Lights, they told me in the shop. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice bicycle. It's it's a bike company, and I think they hand built all the bikes by hand in the shop in their local store or whatever it is. And um, the equipment is supposed to be really nice, top of the line mm-hmm. equipment. It's built on the bike. Uh, what they say it was like a um, three piece crank or something. Something I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't. I don't know in that logo lingo, but um, it's really nice. So. That's awesome. Yeah, I like bikes too. I like taking the kids, have them go riding around bikes and things mm-hmm. like that. So did when I can. Ha- did you have your Royce Union bike for a long time, Dad? You know, we lived there in Canoga Park, uh, in San Fernando Valley for a while, and then we moved uh, up north into Watsonville, where I was born, and back over to uh, Kingsburg, California. And somehow I lost track of it in those oh. days. So oh, sounds like right. you moved around a lot. Yep, about every two years we moved for to a new place. He got moved around a lot. So, was the bicycle what size was it? Was it for kids or like? It was a, like a twenty inch. Oh, it 20 was inch a tall tire. bike for a, for a ten year old. I was about ten years old when I got it. it, but I grew into it. So okay, well the bikes the kids have now are all twenty inch. Yeah, same and, yeah, but this this was a taller bike. Oh yeah. right, maybe maybe twenty four, twenty six. I don't know. Oh wow, I have no no 
recollection. I remember my first bike for I got it for Christmas too. I couldn't I didn't know how to ride it. I had the training <laughs> wheels forever, and then and then I just kind of like I don't know what happened. I just kind of worked my way up to not using training wheels, and I remember. I could not stop the bike. I could get it going. I had somebody to push me get it going, and then I would ride around, and then I had to have somebody catch me because mm-hmm. I would stop. I would crash into them because I couldn't – I didn't know how to stop the bike or get yeah. off the bike. That was how I got off the thing. I remember my dad taught me how to ride a bike. I remember him teaching me behind this house we lived on in Kingsburg. It was called our 6th Avenue house, and – I remember having little tassels at the end of my bike and him holding me on the front and on the back while I had my training wheels and then taking them off and teaching me how to ride a bike. And so I think bikes hold a special memory for lots of kids. So I oh, get why do. that's a special memory for you, Dad. Oh, well, thank you so much, Larry, for sharing that. That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so we look forward to having you on the show again in the future and Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for having me, and Merry Christmas to you, too. And we are back in the K2 studios with our fourth and final fabulous guest, my mom, the one, the only, the fantastically fabulous Arlene. Welcome to the studio, Mom. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long day. As I was saying in our last guest, my mom and dad drove hundreds of miles down. Thousands of miles, wasn't it? Like millions of miles. Of miles to be down with us here in Southern California. And I was sharing with my mom earlier that this is the first time that I've ever been able to host Christmas. And it's just been a really special day. And so thanks so much, mom, for coming and cooking with me all day. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. So we're talking memories and miracles. And mom, I was wondering if you would share with us a Christmas memory or a Christmas miracle that you remember from your lifetime. Sure. Okay. All right. So I was probably about six years old. And I remember my brother and I walking home from school and coming up to the house, there was two big cardboard boxes full of food, and then they had presents on the top. Oh, wow. And we were so excited. It was just like unbelievable that somebody would just leave that at our front door. And my dad had been out of work, and um, I believe he was out looking for a job because he was not home. And mom was at a a stay-at-home mom, and she was watching my little sister, but she'd have to walk us um, to school, because in those days, we walked about a mile, mile and a half. Oh, wow. And you were six years old? Each way. Yes. Wow. But it wasn't barefoot. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. (laughs) It wasn't snowing either? No, it wasn't snowing. Sometimes (laughs) it was raining. (laughs) Uphill both ways. (laughs) And I I do remember that um, our shoes were... um, worn really worn to where we had holes in the bottom and I know my dad took my or my mom gave my dad tied boxes and he would trace our shoes and put these little imprints on our cardboard imprints inserts I guess you would say in our shoes so I guess 
we were considered poor in those days, but we really didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And so when we came home to find these big boxes full of food and um, Christmas presents, we were so excited. What was inside of the boxes? What were the presents? Well, um, I know that I had a big doll and uh, my sister had a smaller doll and my brother had a big Tonka truck, a huge mm-hmm. Tonka truck that he still has to this day. Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah. And um, my doll was, she had kind of gray-white hair, <laughs> and she was probably like at least 36 inches tall. Wow, that's a good-sized doll. Is that big? For, I have no idea. Yeah, it's like three that's, feet. That's a big doll. Well, I guess doll. it is. For a doll? Well, wow. maybe, maybe 30 inches, not okay. quite three feet. She was a big, tall doll. And she had the most beautiful dress on, and her name, I named her after my favorite cousin. Her name was Ida. Ida? Ida. Oh. And you're going to see Ida tomorrow, aren't you? I am going to see my cousin Ida tomorrow. On your way back? On our way back home. Oh, that's fantastic. So when you got that box, I know that you were only six years old, but you obviously remember it, and somebody being so generous. First of all, did you ever find out who it was? I believe it was somebody from the school had said something, and I don't know if it was the school or... It was anonymous? It was anonymous, or some organization, and I believe my brother had a pair of shoes in there as well. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And how's that impacted you throughout your life? Because I know you've told me that story many times, and it stood out for me as a Christmas miracle, but what has it made you want to do in your life? As um, as an adult growing up, realizing how blessed we are. Yeah. 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 And how unfortunate so many other people are. Mm-hmm. That we try to bless other people, um, not just at Christmas, but all year round. Yeah. Of course. And um, yeah. provide different things. Yeah. I know that's mm-hmm. something that, you and dad have taught us from a very young age and it's not to give out of pity, but it's to give out of this remembrance of how much we have been given and how just if we invest in somebody, even simple little things, how it can change lives, just like it did for you as a little girl at six years old. And now Uh, I don't know if everybody in podcast land knows this, but my parents travel the world as they can to go do medical brigades and to serve um, people in all different countries. And they've taught us from a very young age to always look to see how you could be a blessing to the life of others. And so I don't know if those people that left those boxes on your doorstep when you were six are listening right now, but I am sure that they would be so humbled to know that their gifts on your doorstep would change your life like they have. So thank you so much for using that miracle to be a miracle to others. And thank you so much for sharing that. That is very sweet and very heartfelt and very special. Thank you. So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. Oh, thank you. The Chris and Christine Show is available everywhere on Google Play with Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and iHeartRadio. 
Okay, and welcome back. That all was very fantastic. You know, the holidays, especially Christmas, brings out a lot of emotions, good and bad, during this time of the year. Yeah, it does. And Christine is going to tell us all about how to handle the uh, not-so-good part of the holiday season. What you got, baby? Yeah, so I think it's something that we don't always talk about because the holidays are supposed to be this lovey, cheery happy-go-lucky time of year. And for those that might be a bit overwhelmed with it, right? it can make them feel a bit shameful or depressed. Shameful? Yeah, if they're going through a hard time. And so if you're the one that's trying to do everything perfect or trying to like keep it looking perfect, there's a very big chance that right about now as we're building up to Christmas, that you're feeling like you're on the verge of burnout. Oh, yeah. I can imagine that. Yeah. I mean, think of that. The dad that's working all these long hours and trying to stay up late putting together presents. And or a podcast. To, right. <laughs> <laughs> and trying to make everything perfect. Or the mom who's just not able to get everything done is feeling like she's inadequate and the tree's not decorated and all... All she really wants to do in pi- is be in pajamas. All of those things bundled up can result in holiday burnout. And so we have tips on how to recognize it and how to get help. Ooh, what you got? All right. So the first thing, the first tip in recognizing holiday burnout is you have this ongoing feeling that you're overextended. Do you ever feel like that, Chris? Yeah, I think so. That means like you're actually saying yes to everybody. Like, yeah, I'll do this. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll help out over there. I'll make you cookies. Oh, I can bake over there. Oh, I can donate this. Or Mm -hmm. I can be there for that. Yeah. Actually, you know, I my tip my tip to do that is don't volunteer for anything, (laughs) and you're and you're fine. Well, for those people that that's not really an option because they have to show up for their family, they can tend to feel drained and overwhelmed and exhausted by all the obligations. So. For those that are feeling just as tired in the morning as when they went to bed, one important thing to remember is to set a boundary and say no to at least one of the things on your list. It doesn't have to be everything, but find a way to say no to one thing. Perfect. Check check that off. That's an easy one to do. I yep, mean, just say no. Maybe say it no. means that you can't take cookies to your daughter's, cousin's, uncle's, brother's, holiday party, whatever okay. it is. Check that off the list. Yep. Number two, ways of recognizing holiday burnout. You have a distant or cold outlook towards activities. Like you can feel distant or cold towards your friends. You might start to be a little bit more introverted and feel safer to be indifferent while at a holiday party. And huh. you find yourself becoming extremely cynical. Really? Yeah. Like you're if at the I holiday that, party but... and like... All these people are around you and you rather just not get into small talk with them. And in in your mind, you're like, oh, my gosh, that person is so blah, 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 I kind of I used to be that person. Mm -hmm. I would be like, "Uh, let's get me out of here. You know, I don't even want to be here. Um, These people are having fun. I'm not really having fun. You know, just. Yeah. So that's recognizing holiday burnout. So if that's the case, it's okay to say you need to go rather than being there and torturing yourself. It's okay to say you have to head home or to find a safe friend to take with you. 
But those are things to help with holiday burnout. Okay. Okay. Uh, number three, a, re- a way to recognize holiday burnout is you feel ineffective while at parties or with family and friends. Like it kind of goes lost, to the first one. You just yeah, you lost one. confidence. You feel inadequate. It's become difficult to think about, think positively about the holidays, and you just don't feel a personal sense of accomplishment about your work. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that the holidays can bring that up, especially if you have holiday parties and everybody's cheery and happy and work holiday parties. It's easy for others to just get lost in the holiday season. And for some, it just makes them feel like that's yet one more area of their life they don't have dialed in. Oh, it's all about like showing and like you have your stuff together, but you really don't on the inside. You have to pretend. And some people don't like pretending that much because the actual, the inner hurt does start to uh, surface. Yeah. So if you're going through that, again, it's okay to not attend the party or it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to set a boundary and not have to go. And we're not saying be a complete introvert, but self-care is important when you're burnt out. It means you need to dial it back and get some rest. Right, Chris? Exactly. All right. And then item number five, sorry, item number four on the list, the last one is you may engage in unusual behavior such as excessive drinking or things that you normally wouldn't at the holiday. Like yeah. tell your boss off or something like that if you're right. doing too much. And so sometimes people, when they're feeling that they are have holiday burnout, they don't hold appropriate boundaries, and they what do, might what do you mean by that like, like boundaries. They might not remember that maybe going to the holiday party for your work and stopping after two drinks versus seventeen is a good idea. Right, right. right? There was this, there was this video I remember a long, long time ago on YouTube. Um, the video is probably like 20 years old and somebody, I don't know, I don't know if it was script or if it was real, but this girl was like at this holiday party and she's like, you know, so-and-so the boss, he has his cheap beer and his cheap wine and he's so cheap. He doesn't give us raises. He's so cheap. I can't stand him. And he's, he's at the holiday party and the boss like walks around her and taps her on the shoulder like, Hey, Missy. Are you enjoying yourself at this holiday party? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> right. And so typically that young lady might not have engaged in that kind of behavior, but in certain circumstances, if especially if you're feeling overextended, you might overindulge and you might have a little bit more nog than egg in the eggnog. (laughs) And so this is just a reminder, friends, to practice self-care during the holidays as you are navigating through those last couple holiday parties leading up to Christmas and then gearing up for New Year's to give yourself permission to say no, set boundaries, and also to remember that just because it happens at a work do- holiday party doesn't mean it stays at the work holiday party. What you do there will follow you. So be careful, right. friends. It might follow you on your resume. <laughs> yeah, definitely. To that next job. Right. And so our hope for you is that you don't experience burnout this holiday season, but instead that you can help find a little bit of that holiday happy, dig down deep and find yourself some cheer to keep with you all year. Right, Chris? Amen, sister. That was well said. 
Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and all that fun stuff. Yeah. And folks, we don't have a would you rather. We instead have a fun little closing this week that we're going to share with you. And we just want to thank you yet again for joining us week after week. And we look forward to being with you next week. During this season, love is best when shared. As others will remember you as the one who always cared. As the weather gets cold and the snow shines bright. Take each moment to hug your loved ones tight. Christmas is more than just one day a year. It's a feeling, a spirit full of love, hope, and cheer. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, Merry Christmas and keep moving forward. Quick Smith.